Welcome to the Art of the Dive. We got Nick and Jim here today. It's our final preseason pod, which is exciting. Everybody's getting their teams locked in. Uh, how are y'all doing today? Fan so good. Okay, okay, good. I like the energy. Uh, our our guest um, was unfortunate, unfortunately not able to make it today. Uh, so you get the the old old FPL guys, which is you know that's fine. It's Who was the good. guest? Oh, it's a surprise because they're going to be on soon. Um, but they had some technical is it Bobby difficulties. Bobby Yeah, where is Bobby these days? Is he still with Liverpool? I don't even know. Saudi. Oh, uh, that's he's right. Playing with uh, Mares yeah. and Saint Maxim. It's start. That's the front line. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a good team. We'll be seeing them in the Champions League pretty soon. Uh, so, how was y'all's week? A lot of lot of prep for this, or no prep? Medium prep. It was know. good. There's not like a whole lot of news just going on, right? Doing stuff. I'm just <laughs> waiting until Jim talks so that I can talk over him, so it's awkward. <laughs> wait, okay. so wait, uh, not yeah. a whole lot of yeah. news? I feel like there has been a whole lot of news, Jim. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, what are you, what are you changing your team up about? Like, like the Nkuku injury makes sense. I guess Kane going to Bayern seems like it's going to happen now, but most people didn't have Kane in their teams anyway. So like, what are we? What are we really changing? What news is coming out that's making us change how we feel about? I something? thought the oh, Kane news fair. was pretty disruptive. Didn't you both yeah. like have Kane in your lineup at one point? I had a Kane. Yeah, team. I mean, like, yeah. did you direct that question, Nick, or are you just gonna leave that one out for the crowd <laughs> so me and Jake can talk over ourselves? Ah, I'm the master of awkwardness. <laughs> you can you can go first, Jim. You can go first on that. <laughs> Well, what the what the K news means to me is that uh, we need to have Richarlison on our team at seven point midfielder. He scored a hat trick in the one game he started as a striker, and now he's like their only option up top. So now that's that's it for me. Is okay, Richarlison is my team. That's an easy decision. Done. That was the biggest news of the past week. Yeah, I think that's interesting to bring up, and I think if, we if, should if, talk if, more. If, if, if I could jump in here, <laughs> okay. Don't you think that like. When a team loses a key player, it's not just like someone just fills in and picks up the slack automatically. Like, they are worse as a team now, right, without Kane? Or are they exactly the same and Richarlison will just pick up, like, all of the returns that Kane would have gotten? He overperformed, right, in, like, his XG by a significant amount. So, like, he definitely generated some goals they wouldn't have gotten before, but... Um... I don't know. I, I still think it's Spurs. They're still going to be a good team. They put a lot of money. They got Madison now. That could generate some more opportunities. I feel like he's still a solid pick. Like, what nine on any of the top six teams is not a good player? Like, you had Holland. You had Kane. Rashford played the nine. He was nailed in everyone's team. Everyone was trying to get, like, a Gakpo or Jota, whoever was starting with Liverpool up top. Um, so, I think if there's a nine on a top team, that's you got to get him in. That's, that's pretty much just how it And works. especially if they play midfield, right? Like, it's different for Arsenal with Jesus. I mean, minus the injury, but he still was in everybody's team. But, like, with Richarlison getting an mm-hmm. extra point per goal, like, I think, yeah, we definitely should talk about that. The other thing, holistically, that I feel like a lot of people fail to consider at the start of FPL is, like, which team is going to be good. So I did kind of want to talk about that today because I do think managers make a big difference. Obviously, Deserby's like a great manager for Brighton, um, you know, and so Pochettino's probably going to have Chelsea a little bit better. But this this new guy from I'm blanking on his name, Pasta Google 
glue glue, you know, whatever. So he's yeah, glue glue, glue glue. He seems like he knows what he's doing. I, I he's always been successful at the clubs that he's been at, and I don't know if Pep was like just blowing smoke up his ass, but Pep likes him. Like, and if Pep likes you, you're probably pretty good. Eh, I don't know about that. What does that sure saying mean? That. Blow smoke up your ass. <laughs> I I don't know, Zoops. I think it just I think it just means like you're. You're saying someone's good at something, but like maybe... he's smoking a cigarette and he goes up to his butt and he, he like puffs it into his butt cheeks. I think yeah. in the old days, in old timey England, if you were caught fibbing, they would put you, you know, in one of those things that like the locks stockades, you in, yeah. and they'd pull your pants down and they'd get one of those chimney blowers and they'd put it up your ass and blow smoke, blow some smoke up there. Yeah, fill it with smoke and, and then the... puff you full, and that was like hyping yep. you up as a criminal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. All right, interesting. Well, now we know. Um, So there was a little bit of talk um, in our uh, FPL Discord. Um, Obviously, I missed the draft league, so there's a lot of questions on that. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry for everybody. Uh, Yeah, I guess I messed it up. We're sorry. So, yes, I should have set my pre-draft rankings. And also, though, with Wilson's question on... Uh, you should have been there if you were able to vote on it. You picked all, like, 30 minutes apart from each other, so that does make it a little bit difficult to vote on if it's all, like, the same time. But, People uh, are definitely yeah, going to understand ha- what you're talking about. Uh, well, we did this yeah, draft... what's going on? We did this draft league. Uh, I don't know if you guys have looked into it, but FPL's now doing... Uh, like where you literally can only have, you know, only one person can have Kane, for example. Like an American only football one person, situation? Like an American okay. football yeah. draft. Uh, okay. Yeah, they've been doing it for a little bit. Yeah. They have been? Okay, I thought this was the first year, but I missed the draft and, you know, the I didn't set, like, any pre-rankings and, like, my team was like, oh, I'll take Lukaku. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Why would I? Uh, whatever. But my so team's the auto-pick you got Lukaku? What does your team yeah, look like? like? Who's on your team? It's bad. It's rough. Why didn't you show up for the draft? Because uh, like it's, it, it's usually it's like airport man. It's tough to it's tough to draft when you're getting on a plane. Aren't you flying to Wisconsin to do an American football draft, and you couldn't make time for a, a virtual FPL draft? Yeah, exactly. You could also have could have had one of us draft for you. That way, I, mean, I think I that's what I should have done. Anyway, I should have let I should have let you guys draft for me. So next time next year, if I <laughs> yeah, you definitely should have let us draft for you. You end up yeah. with like it could have been worse than Lukaku. Team. It couldn't have been worse than Lukaku. So yeah, we'd hoard all the goalkeepers. Yeah, that's what we would have done. <laughs> no one have a goalkeeper. Only need us. a goalkeeper. Let's make a deal. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we kind of talked about like big news. Is there any other like um, big topics? big topics that you guys want to chat about or do you want to go down the list of game week one dilemmas that i put together there was oh, let's go down the uh, sorry excuse me i'm just gonna jump in here <laughs> oh sorry did you direct that question at someone or i did not so it was just a general okay, topic okay. uh it sounds like uh this is kind of minor news it's not that important but um in the if you're in the diaby camp buendia apparently ruptured his acl in practice the other day so Diaby's probably mm-hmm. like straight into the starting lineup and doesn't really have anyone to compete with in terms of playing time that's a guy i'm gonna yeah, monitor because yeah. he looks like dude's... incredibly fast in fifa very good in fifa so that translates well to fpl right i would agree he but here's a bunch of goals in the preseason like he scored a bunch of goals in the preseason and they're i think they're signing uh i don't know who is it zanoli or zaniolo yeah from... mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it sounds like they're going to bring him in to kind of supplement their depth a little bit. What is he going to play, though, now with, like, because there's a little talk he was going to play, like, behind Watkins. Is that going to change now? Is he going to have to play out wide? Because from what I was reading, and I didn't watch a lot of preseason Villa, is that he's not really a great defender. And and so, to me, Buendia getting injured just kind of makes the team not as good. Although I do think, again, I was talking about this. Emery's a good manager. So I do want someone on that Villa team in my team probably, if the price is right, which I feel like it is for Diaby or, or Watkins. I don't know. That's why I said it's like a monitor of the situation because Buendia did have a lot of defensive stats, so it's not like like for like with Diaby and Buendia, but there's just less uh, congestion there. Although I I think think, Ramsey also maybe got injured, so maybe Villa's just going to (laughs) suck. Yeah, I don't think they're going to suck, but Ramsey's definitely injured. Is there any other injuries or big news besides the Kane and the Buendia news that I'm missing? Is Embuemo healthy, right? He uh, tweaked his knee? Uh, yeah, it sounds pretty mild, but I guess we'll have to wait on pressers. Uh, so that will obviously change a lot of stuff, but we want to get this pot out to you sooner. So I do feel like one of the big game week one dilemmas, which I've seen a lot more teams going to this, but we all seemed very, in the beginning of this, all on just the Holland team. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> <sighs> that actually Anyways, that, that segues well into the next question. Are we going to be using AI this season? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, we can talk about that too. I guess. You what know, is your Alexa d- device using... set up to do there? It's about to get thrown out the window. Um, Alexa, so basically... play Party Rock Anthem. <laughs> basically. What I would would I say with regards to the Holland uh, situation, like, are you just going Holland or are you going with a secondary big player? It seems like you guys are both now on the solid train. Is that correct, if, Jim? First, he's the only other big player, right? Because no one's going to Brian at this point because he's not healthy to start the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? And that's going to be leading into our second thing. But yeah, I mean, with the Kane news out, it's going to either be Salah and Holland or just Holland. So, like, what? What's the, I mean, using AI, I did this today, uh, built my team, made a pretty classic template solid Holland team with Pedro uh, as my other striker. The projected total was one point lower than not having Sala in the team. And I think for the most part, I built a pretty template non-solid team. So to me, it's like the AI really doesn't make too much of a difference this year. And I also think AI at the beginning of the season isn't very accurate. I tried that last season and it went terribly. Uh, it's probably my worst start to FPL that I've ever, ever had. So like, what do you think, Nick? What What is your thoughts on those two things? Well, uh, did you... First off, I kind of want to know what, you're, what you mean by you used AI. Did you like type into chat gpt like build me a fpl lineup for this season or like what what tools are no you like using? rate rate my teams right like you know predicted points total gotcha you know you can go on uk football scout if you're a member they have it there's the you know fantasy football fix that's there's... ai that's not ai clone it's an optimizer How is that not AI? It's, a, it's just an algorithm that's all it's machine like, learning it's an it's optimizer different. it's like it just looks at projected points and then builds 
teams to to maximize the total points at the end of the time period, and then you. Set okay, so you guys are arguing parameters. that's not AI. What what is this? Co- no, well, AI is nothing. AI it's is, just a buzzword. So AI just is, say it like, yeah, AI. It was AI. It's it's reinforce. It's there's reinforcement learning models, right? So those are like a Q learner that uses. It's like a Markov decision problem where everything has like a state, action, reward. Right. Sometimes you have a transition matrix, and that allows you to look at previous decisions to make future decisions. Uh, so that's what AI is, and then this is just a regression model. Okay. So you opened a off, whole. Can I feel of like we're getting too into the AI. weeds. Too into the weeds here. Hey, you uh, asked. You asked the question. Guys. You brought it up. You had Alexa okay, chime so into this podcast, and <laughs> here we are. Here's my question for you, analytics folks. Then, so what would be considered AI? Like, are you? Uh, well, like, what are you using? There's, there's, well, there's, oh, so I'm using it for like a price recommendation on the secondary ticketing market. That's what I'm doing. Well, I meant for I'm FPL, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> nothing with FPL you can use AI for it. Okay, so there's, then there's the answer is op- optimization and there's regression. There's no I use AI it as like my therapist. Like, I'll just type into ChatGBT, like, I'm having a really tough time at work this week. Can you help me out? And it really is nice. It just says, hang in there. You're doing great. I know that okay. you have a lot of skills and you have a lot to offer. So that's how I'm using AI. Okay, so good to know. So I guess I'm not so using probably, AI. Yeah, as an FPL therapist, it's probably the best application There you go. AI. Yeah. We should just we'll start a website and just call it FPL therapist and then just like have a plug-in <laughs> where people can type in their woes and have a large language model just respond in niceties. There's probably a need for that. Um, okay, well, so... Jim, what did you think about uh, aside from Wait, the I want to go. Thing, I want to actually answer the question though. Okay. Now that we've gone 15 minutes into like talking about basically nothing, uh, so FPL Review has a nice optimization um, modeler. Actually, I think they kind of tuned it a little bit from last season to this season, so you can only look at the three game weeks at a time, which I think is like gives you a little bit more accuracy in terms of modeling out, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not recommend Sala in your lineup for an optimal lineup. It does recommend hmm. Holland. Um, and then, like, some of those mid to high price mids in terms of, like, Rashford. Actually, it has Rashford, Bruno, Easy, Saka as, um, like, the recommended midfielders. Uh, so I, I looked at that, and then I was like, but I want Sala in my team, and I don't <laughs> care what the computer says. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I don't disagree. Jim, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'd like to kind of echo what you said, Jake, that like it's at its worst at the start of the season because this is when there's the most unknown. So if there's a time not to use any of these models, it's right now. Um, and a lot of it is just aggregating what people are saying like on Twitter and other sources like that, especially with new players. Like We don't know where they're going to be, so it has no opinion on them. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I try not to look at it too much uh, until a couple weeks into the season. Okay, then quick follow-up question. Zoops has been on Sala a little bit more from the get-go. What makes you feel like you wanted to bring in Sala now at this point in time, Jim? Like, what changed your mind on that? Uh, I mean, I just kept, like, building the team I wanted, and then I'd have, like, three in the bank. And I was like, this is, I can't, I can't do this, and there's no one else I really want. So I guess I'll just go Sala and take some, look at some budget options, right? With Like I said, Charleston at 7.0 is cheap, like Matoma with, you know, three easy fixtures. I feel like he's going to rise in value. That's a pretty good way to get some points and add some early on to your bank, which you'll have for the rest of the season. I've talked before about how important it is to, to grow that team value early. 
So I think getting um, those cheap options from Buimo, right? He's going to be on pens, and you know now he's a midfielder as ever forward. You can expect uh, a lot more points from him. So there's there's a lot of good budget options. Even Diaby, I think he, he plays as a poacher who doesn't defend at six point five. People love Easy E, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So you have all these cheap options that that are all enablers to allow you to get to solid that are could be good players. Um, and then my issue, I guess, is then what do you do with Arsenal? But I don't know if you guys want to talk about that later. We can get into that now. Uh, yeah, we can get into that. So are you are you expecting these 6.5 mids to outscore a second Arsenal mid like Martinelli or Havertz? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they're, so they're, they're, they're better value. My concern is that like there's not a lot of good defenders, um, but Arsenal mm-hmm. have always been pretty solid in the back. They second half of the season, they kind of fell apart a little bit once they got injured. But before that, they were, you know, they're on pace to lead the league in clean sheets. Um, and then at 5.0, Gabriel and Saliba seem like they're going to be pretty solid, good value options. So now I have good value midfield, uh, good value defenders. Um, and that kind of sets me up pretty well. My concern with Arsenal is now that Jesus is gone is, right, we know Martinelli and Trissard are going to rotate. Odegaard might sit a little bit deeper. Um, you know, Saka is always least involved in open play, but he is on pens, which is nice, and he's nailed. So I, I do get why that makes sense. Um, but I, I don't know. I can I can kind of justify going value over those options in my head, which doesn't. What about Havertz? What do you guys think about Havertz? I think he's. I I think he's the best of the front four. Best as in FPL-wise? like worst conversion rate, or you know, what do you think? Yeah. Like yeah, so he's he's gonna get all the open play chances, right? He's gonna take he's gonna replace Jesus, and he's gonna. You know, underperform like Jake was saying, just like Jesus did. Like he's not a good finisher. We already saw that uh, in the game against City, um, but he's still gonna get the chances. And he's seven point five. He's he's cheaper than the other options. So here's what I struggle with. A lot of sense. I don't think he's guaranteed to play that spot for Arteta. Like, what if the Community Shield was like a runout trial for him, and, and he Arteta failed. was like, and he failed because he couldn't score like two easy chances right in front of goal. Like Arteta may say. Nikadia, you're you're next up. You know, I just I don't think Havertz is a bad shout because the team's a little bit better. But it's the same argument to me that I keep running into with if I put Salah on my team, it's hard for me. I don't know if both of you do. Both of you have Pedro from Brighton. Hell yeah. I I just don't I don't see the love for him. I mean, I get it. He took a PK, but I just how is he? Yeah, Pedro for for Brian. I just how is he nailed on that team? That's like the most, it's the, the team that's going to rotate the most probably out of any other team. Agreed, I agree. And hey. everybody, all these people are like, yeah, he's worth it, and I get it. He's a five point five, but what are you going to do if he's like your eleventh starter and then he's on the bench and then you're you're bringing in Kabore from Luton and how many clean sheets are they really going to keep? I I, I just it makes me a little bit nervous to stretch my team that thin for solo when I can like kind of like Jim said, when you can bring in these other midfielders that are probably going to score as well, maybe not haul like Sala does every game, but it just seems like you're really pigeonholing your team when you go with a Holland and a Sala. So with, with all that being said, like Zoops, do you feel like your team's pigeonholed when you have Salah, or do you feel like you're fine? You have enough options, and you think they're all going to start okay f- to start the season for the first couple game weeks. I think 
Uh, Jim Jim summed this up nicely in our group chat earlier this week that I think you try to bank a transfer through game week one so that you can make a double move by game week three if you need to, um, or however that works. But but essentially, like if Sala is not performing or if any of my like higher price mids aren't performing and there's a, a forward that I need to get Pedro up to, I'm just gonna to strategize like dropping that mid down to someone lower in price and then boosting Pedro up to like a Nicholas Jackson or something but I I think it's just like you you can't go into the first game week thinking like I'm gonna have to make a transfer after this week because I'm gonna set my team up to not be good through two game weeks like you have to have a little bit more foresight than just like I'm gonna go a week at a time and change my lineup every single week yeah, I agree with that, but I feel like my team's set up without Sala in it. And and the argument against Liverpool for me too is, is like their fixtures aren't that great, especially within their first three. Like they're away to Chelsea and away to Newcastle. Those are two pretty decent teams. So Meh. to me, I just get a little bit nervous having Sala and then having a guy like Pedro who may not even start the first game week, let alone the first three. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I did this, like, kind of pseudo-analysis, like, a few years ago, but basically the top strikers or top players from the top teams, they don't usually see a dip in performance against tougher opponents compared to, like, other teams uh, lower yeah. in the table. So that, I'm, I'm just like, Saul's going to play. He may not bang, like, three goals against Chelsea and Newcastle, but... Uh, that doesn't stop me from wanting to have him in my team. And especially this year, I think he's less owned than he has been in past years. And so maybe that will be a little bit of a differential. Yeah, I I think Brighton has so many options, right? With Ferguson, they have Welbeck, who always gets minutes, right? And then Jao Pedro. So it's like, sure, he might play 70, but that's it. So I don't, I mean, when is there ever like a good budget striker? That's not something that happens usually. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Um, so I, I try to avoid that. And then as far as uh, Sala goes, I think he, he just bangs goals. And Chelsea haven't been good, you know, of the past year almost at this point. Um, and they, it's not like they have like a, a six, you know, someone who's going to defend for them in the midfield. And I think Tyler Adams, right? Leaves them exposed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when he's healthy in two months, right? So it's like, but until then, they, they haven't made any progress on who's the Lavia or Caicedo deals that they're working on. So yeah. I think their midfield is very attacking-oriented, and that leaves them exposed pretty often, especially with Chilwell not defending. Um, so I don't I don't mind that fixture at all for Sala. And they also, Liverpool score, like, they've been scoring, like, at least four goals a game in preseason. Um, so I got to get involved in that some way. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That's right. I just pulled up. That they scored three goals, four goals, four goals, four goals. So yeah, I I, I want one of those guys. That's fair. I, I I don't disagree with that. But you could also make the argument that you could pay four and a half million less for a guy like Jota who had almost as many returns as Salah did in the preseason. I don't know the exact amount. I feel like Salah had like six assists and one goal or five assists and one goal. And then Jota had like three assists and three goals. So, yeah. I mean, you could make that argument as well. I think the the thing that bothers me about the Salah situation is I am probably going to have to have two 4.0 defenders for really bad teams. I'm going to have to go with Pedro. 
I, it's going to be really challenging to get to a Watkins or like a Jackson if they start the season off strong. I agree with you in the midfield that doesn't bother me as much because I'm not super nervous to go without Fernandez or a second Arsenal midfielder. But I just feel like it really locks you in. And if, if it doesn't hit right off the bat, you're in trouble. That's just my take on it. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Nick. Uh, I think we've beaten this horse um, pretty well. Okay. All right. Is that the well, what you, We've beaten the horse. Do you guys feel? He, That's I think you do often. What is that? What do you? Well, it's like horse? blowing smoke up your ass. Like I don't. I I yeah. just thought that was like a common phrase. Like we we beaten this horse. I, I, think, it's, I think I'm probably wrong there. It doesn't sound like that would be a saying that people would use about talking I just too, want too to, long about a certain. I just subject. want to announce to the listeners that we do have that we don't condone condone animal cruelty on this podcast. So no one's beating horses. Uh, but I get what you're saying, Nick. We can move on. Here's another I, I, thing. Well, you, you, uh, moving on to the beating a dead horse. So yeah. that's saying it's a useless effort because the horse is already dead, so you can't keep hitting it to work harder. It's already dead. Don't waste your time. But that really doesn't fit with what I was going for. Is there, like, a different saying that would have been more appropriate? Like, I think we've we, no, no, I we think, squeezed I think all does, the juice out saying, of this lemon. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's no, it. That's it. We squeezed all the, all the juice out, out of this lemon. No, I think okay. we it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, thank you. But yeah, okay. don't condone animal cruelty. I do condone the use of old timey sayings that are questionable. <laughs> old timey sayings. All right. Well, what about the Man City situation? I feel like everybody was on Man City. Now it's just Holland, and most people don't even have a second player. And if they do, it's a defender like Stones. Your thoughts on that? Whose thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, let's, what, uh, yeah. let's go with Jim. We'll go with Jim. Between the two of you, um, answer. Yeah, I think that City didn't keep a lot of clean sheets. I know they always have the highest probability, and the machine learning models always think that they're going to have you know the best uh, results, but they don't get any attacking returns, and then um, they don't keep a lot of clean sheets, and they're also rotation okay. risk. So I just dodge all of that. And then as far as attackers go, right, we all know Holland sucks up all of the opportunities. So that's it, I'm fine with just Holland. Does Oops. so like a question for you guys? Does the Community Shield mean anything in terms of how they line up? Because Foden didn't start that game, right? Like it was Grealish yeah. and Bernardo Silva. So like Foden was in my team early on. But I kind of faded on him with the logic that Jim just mentioned, like Holland is the sole attacking unit. Everyone else kind of rotates around. KDB is like the secondary option, but he's injured. So is there, I mean, you just avoid all those other midfield options. Like, is there anyone viable? And do you think they're going to start the season in the same way that they lined up for the community shield? I don't think they even do that. And that's what makes me really nervous. And there's just too much rotation. I do think Foden should get more time, but it's not going to happen. And so it's a stay away for me as well until we get more information or someone else gets injured. And I, I, I could see De Bruyne starting right off the bat. I, I mean, I know he didn't play a ton, but I think I said this in previous preseason podcasts. He's like the one guy that Pep trusts. And he doesn't need a ton of minutes, so if he's healthy, he could be slotted right in right away. I just, and I agree also with the defensive situation, there's never a top-scoring Man City defender, 
except for Cancelo. And and I don't think that's with the way Pep's doing his team this year that that's going to happen. So I, I'm staying away. It's just Holland for me. It's just Julian Alvarez. Weird. Yeah. Julian Alvarez has played a ton of minutes, and that's something that Pep has done in the past, is whoever comes in fit usually plays early. I don't think KDB is going to start against Burnley because it's Burnley, and you know KDB has a long season ahead of him. So I do think Alvarez is going to start that Burnley game, and you know KDB might start against Newcastle, get off, you know, take a rest against uh, Sheffield, Alvarez back in, something like that is is kind of what I would expect. But it's it's yeah. too much to mess with, in my opinion. Okay, I shouted I Alvarez as the uh, dark horse of the year this season. So yeah, hopefully yeah. that pans out, so I could be like, yeah, I'm right, victory lap. Yeah. Maybe. It's a good maybe. one. It's a good shot. Um, moving on. Uh, do we think Manchester United's getting a little bit overhyped? Uh, let's go with Jim on this one first. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is that all their goals came from, you know, a very small amount of players, so they got a lot of FBL points. And they did lead the league in clean sheets, so that was also beneficial. So it does make, you know, it, it's justified that they're getting shouts um, I think Rashford should be nailing everyone's team, and I, I wouldn't doubt Shaw. But away to Spurs, away to Arsenal uh, in their first four is, you know, that's not great as far as clean sheets go. So I'm kind of off on Shaw, but I'm hoping to get him in after that um, at some point. So that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know what it's going to look like. I, they have a couple new signings, but they didn't really feel that fill that striker hole. I think Rashford's going to start up top. And they'll probably, probably play a single pivot this year instead of a double pivot like last year, uh, which might you know, change things up. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of unknowns for me. I'm, I'm not confident in Bruno at this point. Nick. The, so I have two rash or two, um, United assets. My, so I, sorry, I had a question just about wolves. Didn't they, they just got rid of their manager. The, uh, dude, I don't remember what his name is, but. They signed a new manager. I don't know when they got rid of the old one. Okay. I, I don't follow Wolves very closely, so I don't know what, what their situation is, but I feel like they're going to be one of the bottom feeder teams this year. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about Wolves at home for the first game of the season, but you're right, like the next few games aren't incredibly enticing, so it's like you have to temper expectations, but I like Shaw in that he seems to be the the primary defensive option in terms of FPL prospects and then I had Bruno and I switched to Rashford um, because I think Rashford has the best opportunity on that team and especially uh, what's his name Hoyland or whatever he uh, he's injured right to start the season so he he won't even challenge him for minutes so Rashford's going to be playing in that nine role uh, probably yeah, and it, I agree with you with all of that. The interesting thing that I was reading as well is that Rashford has continued to be more and more involved in every goal for Man United, and Fernandez has actually gone down year over year. So his last season, I think he was in around 30% involved. Now, granted, his XA was the highest, I think, among all players. If not, it was just behind KDB, uh, which is... I think it was the highest. Yeah, it might have been the highest. And so that makes me a little bit nervous with the fact that he's on pens. And they do have pretty good three fixtures with Wolves and Forest. But I agree with you. It gets tougher after that. I, I, I don't think it's wrong to start with three of them. I'm, I'm saying that as I have Rashford, Fernandez, and Shaw in my team currently. But... 
it's one of those situations that they seem very fixture dependent for me, and it's going to get messy once they have Champions League for sure because that squad is not very deep, which concerns me a lot. The uh, the Mount and Fred swap kind of concerns me. I think Mount takes some more attacking opportunities away from people, and he also <laughs> is not as good defensively, so I think they might concede some more goals there. So I think that might, uh, in terms of FPL, like kind of limit their assets compared to last year. That's kind of my mindset for dropping them. Okay. All right. Um, I think one of the last big questions or dilemmas that we had, I, obviously this changes a little bit with the Kane news, but do we think Spurs might be like the breakout team this, this year? Um, obviously if Kane stays, there's there was a lot of increased interest in regards to Spurs across the Twitter community. You know, I saw Kane up to about 13% when I last checked yesterday. Madison was in about 13% of teams. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? I don't like Spurs generally because they're always douchebags when they play Liverpool. So I I, um, I use that to color my my impressions of teams and how I rate players. And, and so that's like a stupid way to play FPL, but that's just how I do it more as a fan than like as a as a smart person i don't like spurs i don't have any spurs assets in my team currently um i i think it might be a wait and see situation and i think game week three would be a good time to get on some spurs assets if they start performing um okay i think game week three is like a big target for me in terms of moving out guys that aren't doing so well through the first two game weeks and some some guys who are breaking out but um, I hope Spurs suck again this season, and I don't think that they're going to be a breakout team this year. Okay. Jim? I think their team is built to have wingbacks. I think, you know, they had a, played a lot of three-backs, and then now they're playing in a four-back, so they have, like, Pedro Porro, who doesn't defend at all, which is appealing from FBL, but bad as far as soccer goes. Um, so I, I don't know how that team is kind of – the players kind of match what we're going to see. So I think there's a lot of it's going to be up in the air. I think Sun is past his prime. Um, and then obviously with Kane going and Richarlison stepping in, then that gets rid of all of their attacking depth um, as far as quality goes. So I don't I, – I think they might do what they always do, right? They'll finish, you know, in that fifth spot, fifth, sixth spot, and just kind of chug along as they always have. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I think that's a good point too, Nick, with the fact that, and I think Jim said this the other day when we weren't on the pod, that they have two actually pretty tough fixtures with away Brentford and home Man United. I can't remember if it's home or away. I can look real quick. But yeah, game week three, I I am interested in Madison or Richarlison. I'm not very interested in Son, I agree, especially with the increased price and him being 31. And I'm not super excited about Kulisevsky either. He doesn't seem to play for a super long time. I, what do you, the, the last kind of big dilemma is, are you guys changing anything about your teams because of this whole increased added time for the Premier League? Uh, are you staying away from paying more for defenders because clean sheets are going to be worse? Are you more interested in these like Jota or Nunez or you know, Trossard players that get subbed on in the second half and usually only have like 30 minutes, but now might have more like 40 because of the added time. What are your thoughts on that, Jim? 
I think that the players that are nailed will now get like 100 minutes instead of 92 minutes. So um, I always target nailed players, and I don't think that's going to change, in my opinion. And I mean, like, a you know, rotation risk is like either they, you know, start and play 60 or they come off the bench and they play like 40. It's they don't start is, is the main point either way. Um, so that's it doesn't really affect anything uh, as far as my decision making process goes. Okay. Nick? I have not considered this and so at first glance I would say like I don't really have anything uh, any any insight into whether the added extra time will affect FPL performance probably just means that there will be more rotation so maybe having more flexibility in your team structure to, to make those moves but the, the rotation is really hard to predict anyways I wouldn't I wouldn't base any player selections on the like oh well they might you know, get 40 minutes versus 30 minutes. Um, I don't think that that really factors in. It It will be interesting to see, like, how long the games go now. I thought the World Cup was, like, a little absurd with how long the games were with the added mm-hmm. time. And then the Community Shield was, was that, like, the first time we kind of saw the rules enacted? And it, that was pretty absurd, but it made it more exciting because mm-hmm. then Arsenal actually scored and and all that good stuff. But... Uh, FPL-wise, I just think we'll probably see more injuries and more rotation. <laughs> I think it will make a little bit of a difference, and I think we saw it, right? Like you just said, the Community Shield, Trissard scored in the 111th minute. I'm not... Yeah. I, I think it's tough to target scores in those situations, but I do think clean sheets are going to be way down. Um, and so I think it's more important for me to target defenders that have attacking potential, and there's not... There's not a lot besides, you know, Trent, your outside backs for Chelsea. But it has made me kind of lean more away from the center backs and just trying to target outside backs only. That's the biggest change for me in this situation that I will say. Uh, is there say any... This is, yeah. Would you say it's a stupid rule? Like, just yeah. get a stopwatch and stop it every time it goes out of play and turn it back on. Like, just, just stop the clock and then they throw the ball and start the clock. If a guy's rolling around the ground, it doesn't matter. The clock is stopped. Why is this such a hard thing to do? Why do we have some hidden clock that no one can observe, you know? And then randomly some number comes up. It could be three minutes. It could be ten minutes. No one has any idea until the game's almost over. Like, what is is this? You know what they say. Hidden hidden clocks are the the thing that's in nowadays. There was a study a few years ago that looked at stoppage time and uh, based on game situation and for home and away. And it was like completely subjective the the results of the study were like if the home team was winning and the game was close there was less stoppage time compared to if the away team was winning um it was like totally that there was a difference and it was a significant difference in terms of how much stoppage time was added so yeah it is it's kind of stupid that it's it's not more just like straightforward and objective because that can influence the outcome of the game um like the transparency's gotten to the point where it's like you can hear the var ref talking about justifying his calls but when it comes to time everyone's just like eh we'll just make up a number and it's all fine so that's i guess it is part of the game england's gonna england i guess i i the thing that i don't understand is when a player's taking forever to take a goal kick per se like can we just give them a yellow card can we just get over it and just give them a yellow card be like stick to the rule of you know like the there's a rule of like you have six seconds to get rid of the ball i'm pretty sure that's still a law if you're a keeper 
but they don't. Yeah, it they should don't be hard and fast, to right? It. Should be hard yeah, and fast, I, I just like uh, the pitching understand. clock in baseball. Now. I want, yeah, you, you know they have like ads around the side. I just want mm-hmm. constant different clocks, right? So <laughs> it's a stop clock. It's a clock on the goalie. It's a clock, you know, just all over the place. I just want. I also want old timey clocks, right, with the hands, yeah. you know, the, the tall ones. I yeah, think those would be cool. Like Features, the Stranger kind of things. Like, yeah, yeah. In each corner, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Maybe yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. a yellow card, they could like release like a like a crazy person who wants to tackle the goalkeeper so like if he doesn't get the kickoff within like the nine seconds or six seconds then yeah he gets tackled so it's like way more entertaining to watch and also there there are real consequences because i do hate that too when the ref's like okay come on we gotta keep it moving it's like been 25 seconds it's like dude just give him a yellow card and move on like this is this is yeah complete bullshit so yeah i think like releasing some kind of rabid uh, animal Dog. or person, and <laughs> no, then like it control. ups the stakes, you know? Because like the drama of being like five and a half seconds in, and then he kicks it, and the crazy guy just like stares him down. Like next time, next time, you're mine. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, um, maybe a robot. Like a that's how AI could be involved in this game. Like a robot comes out, and then they power it down right at six seconds. So like however far the robot gets just like pummeling the goalkeeper on the ground and then he just stops and the goalkeeper is just like knocked out yeah yeah you'll do that quicker next time won't you buddy and this leads us into our advertisements for rolex and also pummeling uh robots that punch people jake's house Um, of robots get your ai robots at jake's house of robots (laughs) buy one robot get the second 50 percent off five star reviews on google yeah, I think that's – I mean, I, I agree with you guys. Um, I just want to see the ball in play more. So anything they can do to actually make soccer happen would be great. But it is pretty ridiculous how they, like, fail to solve some of these problems. It, it, it makes me think sometimes America is a better country – with regards to at least sports. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Just, just, just keep okay. that one to yourself, there, buddy. Weird ethnocentric. Just the sports aspect, right? Like, just yeah. The sports um, all, right, all right. So with that, we're gonna close out the pod here before we lose all of our listeners who are primarily based <laughs> not in America. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, do you guys have any other big takes? Um, anything else? Other questions? Did we want to hit on anything else or not? Nah? I can't wait for Holland to blank game week one and all of us who have captained him to get four points. It won't matter because he's captained by like 100% of people except for like the randos who don't captain Holland, but that's going to be fun. Yeah, you, we're, we should actually talk about that. Um, do you guys Can all we make have some? We should make some bets. Let's Holland? make some bets. I'd, I, all right, we all well, have like, Holland captained. I think that's like a for show. Okay. Okay. So so are we like betting on a secondary captain or something? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Like, I don't know. Just like, well, I like the idea of like betting each week on something, like some outcome. So like, you know how a few pods ago we said, look, we're going to bet on Brighton assets. None of them are going to be in the top 10 barring goalkeeper through the first five game weeks. Like at the end of the first five game weeks. So what do you think? Yeah. What's your uh, what's your hot take for game week one that we can put some money on or something or like uh, punishment on? Mm, I think that the top scoring forward aside from Holland is going to be owned in less than like three percent of squads. Like I I think it's going to be someone like a Callum Wilson or. 
I don't even know. Like, I think it's going to be someone really weird. That's that's what I think it's going to be. I think game week one, or Charleston's going to outscore both Ollie Watkins and Nicholas Jackson. Yeah, there you go. All right, my hot take is uh, Mo Salah with a brace against Chelsea game week one. Boom. Okay. Okay. All right, well, did you write those in? We'll keep we'll keep track of them. Yeah, write, write your Probably predictions not. in to the sheet. Okay. Because I can't remember okay. who said what, but I know what I said. All right. Uh, we'll do that. And then uh, follow us, you know, on FPL Art of the Dive um, or FPL Dive on Twitter. Uh, we do have a couple of leagues, which we usually do in the beginning, but we'll do them right now. So we have the PSL Super League. Um, if you come support our Patreon, you're going to be welcomed into that league. Uh, we have the uh, League Dive, which is our free league. The code is S-M-A-E-R-I. Uh, we have a pretty many supporters on that right now. It's a pretty big league. Usually the winner is like in the top 1K. Um, so that's always good. We also have a league died, our zombie league. So you enter into that and obviously don't make any changes. It's S, uh, sorry, 6F. Oh my gosh. It's the morning for me. 652WMJ. Thank you, Nick. Um, so yeah, I guess with Can I that, yeah, six five two, WMJ. WMJ. Thanks right. for the echo on that. Is that better? Um, and again, we have our merch up. If you guys want to be wearing a nice, comfy sweatshirt while you watch the games, I don't know if you're in Alaska. Maybe in Florida, it's like 112 degrees today, so probably not. Uh, but you can get a water bottle too and hydrate while you watch the FPL games or the EPL games. So and watch your FPL team suck the first week which always happens um and then yeah uh, follow us on instagram the art of the dive twitter dive fpl and then online at uh divefpl.com yeah i think we can roll out of here we out all right i'm nick i'm jim and i'm jake and remember you should dive we'll do